The Dream 3 Podcast, episode number 42. We've taken a couple weeks off, but it's football time, and we brought our guy, Deet Not Bland, back with us. Let's get it. We're back in our in your life. It's been a couple weeks off. Life happens, but... The best time of the year is now, and that's football time. We're midway through preseason. We have one more preseason game left. So much stuff to talk about. Um, we brought our friend Dushane Bland, not Bland21, on Twitter and Instagram with us. Uh, first off, I want to give a shout-out to my alma mater. Indiana State University had a terrible accident. We had uh, five, five people um, in a serious car accident. Two of them lost their lives. Two of them were football players. One was a student and two other football players are in uh, the ICU in Indianapolis. So T's and P's to those guys. Uh, they have a GoFundMe page. So if you uh, hear this and you want to look up some Indiana State guys, I'm sure they will, uh, they will appreciate it. But guys, we're back at it. Welcome to football season. Um, Dujane, so much to talk about. I kind of want to start with you guys, but let's start with what you've seen with the Washington Commanders and Carson Wentz. Oh man, um, I'm ready to hear about this. Much, much of the same with Carson. Um, I'm not going to blame all on him just yet, and I'm not going to really stand on uh, Scott Turner's neck just yet. Um, I do think that the offense is vanilla. Uh, I do think there are some things that we're seeing. Uh, you saw it in um, in, in Indianapolis. Uh, he holds on to the ball uh, too long, and instead of throwing it away, he accepts taking sacks. Uh, that cannot happen. Um, you know, sometimes it's uh, not taking the check down as well. Uh, I, I say, I've seen that. I mean, I, you can't deny it. That's what I've seen in uh, you know, preseason for the most part. Uh, I don't think they're playing to his strengths right now, but I don't think they're trying to show anything. Uh, when Jacksonville comes and we see this same nonsense that we've seen each and every time uh, we've had Ron Rivera come out in the preseason, I mean, that's one thing you can say. This offense doesn't score during the preseason, and it looks the same, and it comes out in the first week of the season and does the exact same thing. So, you know, can we say that, there's, uh, you know, a history of this. Yes. So I, I'm thinking, um, you know, I don't want to stand on his neck just yet, but uh, it's not looking all that good. It's much of the same defense as well. Yeah, I would say the highlights that I've seen so far, it's same old Carson of, I don't know, even in the preseason, it seems like it's live or die on every single play. Yes. Like trying to make, make, you know, throws that shouldn't happen or extend plays that shouldn't happen. I think the big thing I've seen between, you know, Matty Ice now and Carson last year is the release. Whether yes. it's there or not, we're making a decision where Carson's timer seems to be like in slow motion, thinking that he has 10, 12 <laughs> seconds in the pocket. Yeah. Where Matty Ice, it's three seconds and go. So that could be a maturity thing. That could be, you know, a time-related thing. But it's like you said, it's kind of too early to tell. It's very vanilla right now in the preseason, not showing up or not showing much of the offense in, in, in any form or facet. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. 
what Washington can do with Carson this year, see how many left-handed passes he throws to the opposite team. I'm telling you, the first time he does that too many times in his early season, Sam Howell's chants are going to be coming. (laughs) (laughs) You can bet on it. (laughs) I think you all know my stance on Carson Wentz um, from last year. I'm going to say it hasn't changed. No surprise there. Lukewarm. Dude is dog water, trash, whatever verbiage you want to put in there to describe how terrible of a ghosty, pasty white kid who doesn't know what he's doing out on the football field is anymore. He was 27 and 7 last year, though. I mean, that's great, but he had he had the league's best rusher outside of Derrick Henry, and Absolutely. he pissed away a chance to make he the playoffs. He lost four games by himself. He did. Yes, he did. He did. You could have very well beat the Rams at 100%. home, and he he literally pooped his pants. Yeah. True. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had another quarterback battle going on this preseason between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. Now, did we all think is that, that really a battle, or is that just kind of like say, a toilet did, bowl? Like, They're really so bad. It's going to be a battle, but how long is Baker's leash going to be? I know he played in Cleveland last year, you know, pretty injured, and they kept running him out there. That I put on the Browns, not on Baker. Yeah. He's too tough for his own good. You have to know as a good coaching staff, as a good coach quarterback coach to pull your guy back if he's going out there injured a 60 percent baker mayfield doesn't make anybody better it doesn't matter who you have around you now who's the backup after him last year case keenum year it was case keenum case keenum yeah <laughs> i saw enough yeah i, think I saw that's... enough in washington in the back the best, best days with minnesota but you had yep. you had nick chubb and kareem hunt in the backfield so hand the True. ball off True. Yeah, no, I you very well could have managed. It's the same thing with uh with with the Browns as it is with the Colts. You had you had the offensive scheme and the firepower to win yourself into a playoff spot, and the quarterback just didn't do his job. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So Baker obviously beats out Sam Darnold. Like everybody saw that coming. Sam Darnold's not. A, he's a he's a week one quarterback. Week two. He's like 32 in the league. Like he's terrible, but he's Baker, really good against the bad teams and really bad against. The it's going to be interesting yeah. how Baker plays in that conference. Um, he's going to, is he going to run around and try to make plays? That's That's going to be interesting. Um, he doesn't have to see. He doesn't, his offense nearly isn't like, isn't even close to what it was in Cleveland. No. no and he doesn't have the defense to, to help him, help him out. No, he's got who? He's got what? Uh, DJ Moore, Roby Anderson, and uh, the rookie. McCaffrey. If he ever stays healthy, yeah, McCaffrey can stay healthy. Yeah. yeah. See, if if he does stay healthy, that's a kind of a good quarterback running back situation. You don't have a better offensive line. No, you don't. You're kind of screwed yeah. there. Um, and your defense can't stop anything to keep you in a game. True. I know they try. They try to get better. Uh, who is the? They drafted uh, 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 Matt Corral. Yeah. Well, Matt Corral got hurt. Yeah, Corral. That's right. He did. Jeez. Corral's got a Liz Frank injury. He's out for the season. Yeah, I was about Um, to say that's an outer. PJ Walker, baby. PJ. (laughs) (laughs) Top boys. XFL to NFL. Here we go. (laughs) Who did they? So who did Carolina draft? Was it Ted? Not Ted Ginn. 
cornerback, uh, Joe Horn, Joe Horn or Joe Horn's kid. Yeah. I mean, he, he's not that bad, but he's, that's only one side of the field. Like right. in today's NFL, you need seven guys like that to be able to play, to be able to rotate in. He's not a difference maker. You could find cornerbacks a dime a dozen everywhere. Do they have? Do they still have um, uh, that linebacker? What's his name? Which one? Luke Shaq Thompson. <laughs> Shaq is still there. So Shaq, I mean Shaq's a, a a guy who's been there a while. He's, I mean, he's not great. He's not like this, you know, game changer. But he's he's solid linebacker. But other, that's that's literally the only guy I can name on that team. That's Matt Ioannidis. Yeah. He, here's what here's here's the problem. We're trying to justify a defense for Carolina. <laughs> and it's just yeah. it's not there. It's nah, not there. It, it really isn't. Well you could you could make it like you or you could hope that it's the two thousand eight, two thousand nine Colts where you hope to score forty nine points and you hope your defense only gives up forty eight. Well, I don't, well, know, I don't see any, any Carolina and, uh, team with Baker Mayfield as the quarterback scoring 49 points a game. Yeah. Okay, so Baker Mayfield is starting quarterback. Is that team 500 above or below? Below. I'm going to have to go with below as well. Just don't see it. Uh, they got, you know, he brought they brought over uh, Higgins from, from uh, the Browns to Carolina. But, I mean, you're talking about Anderson Moore, Higgins – you got uh, a running back that can't stay on the field. And then from that is, you know, Freeman, Chubb. Like, I, I just – I don't see it. And Bakers, too, hasn't proven that he can be consistent enough to to lead a team because he, he gives it away, too, at the most inopportune times. Yeah. I, I think I think Carolina has more offensive weapons than the Washington Commanders, and I think the Commanders can still have more wins than they will. Well, the commanders have a defense. Yeah, exactly. Your coach is Jack Del Rio, so I don't see it be. I don't see the defense producing under that coach. We'll see you at the beginning of the year, but I mean, they had a statement game yesterday uh, or Saturday against the Chiefs, and yeah, just threw up all over the field. Yeah, not good. I, we're talking about two bottom half teams. Very They're true. both just going to suck. They aren't going to be any relevancy. So another big story, and we were talking about this before the show started. Um, big thing that broke Saturday night during the UFC fights was Gronk was doing his you know, UFC cast, which I think is a terrible idea because I don't want to listen to the Gronkowskis talk about fighting. It's like, you know, mush mouth the whole time. <laughs> so There's a lot of bros. Yeah, it's super broy. It's like UFC one with a guy that says "just bleed" on his chest. Um, but they Gronk kind of broke the news that him and Tom were almost set to go to the Raiders, and Dana White kind of confirms that he kind of brokered the deal with Tom, and they started looking at houses, and Gronk was going with them, and then you know uh, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? The coach. Uh, Gruden. Gruden. Yeah, John Gruden. John Gruden blows the deal up, and then it doesn't happen. So 
is that kind of interesting to hear that the Raiders were kicking the tires on Gronk and and Tom Brady and maybe was, kicking Derek Carr to the side? When 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 was this? What year was this? Would have been 2020. Okay, so this so is the year they also got Antonio Brown as well. Yeah, this is this is what I was going to bring up. So Antonio Brown goes to the Raiders. Is he thinking, oh, maybe something's going to happen and and Brady's coming to Las Vegas, so that's why he goes? Well, I don't know. Antonio Brown was was pretty happy to play with Derek Carr. I think Antonio Brown, the head case. I, remember I was at Raiders camp his first year with the Raiders, and I was at camp the first day he came to camp after his you know foot thing. Um, he seen and every all even through the Hard Knocks episodes, it seemed like he he wanted to play with Derek Carr. Right. I don't know if it's whatever his head case is, or if he didn't get along with the coaches, or what his whole thing is. But it could be. But it, is it a surprise that Brady would want to go to the Raiders? Yes. Yes. Because Gruden is the coach. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, I just I don't working? see Brady wanting to play for a guy like Gruden, who's like kind of this rah rah locker room, like. But Gruden's also you up type he's guy. a big quarterback guy. Think of it, you know the quarterback schools. He, you know, he loves quarterbacks. True. You know, he had Brad Johnson. He had Rich Gannon. He had, you know, the quarterbacks he's had. He loves quarterbacks. And Brady, not only does it change your locker room, it changes your entire franchise from yeah. your team demanding to get better to your equipment staff depending to get better to your athletic trainers. The whole thing is an upgrade if you bring in Tom Brady, the greatest of all time. Now, Rappaport did say today that, you know, there were about nine teams that were asking about Brady. Two teams talked about money and only one put in an offer because there's at the time a 40 year old quarterback who you don't know at the time how much tread he had left on the tires ends up going to Tampa Bay and, you know, winning a Super Bowl and almost, as you said, Neil, an overtime away from a second Super Bowl. So, you know, in the end, I think it, he ended up in the great in the best situation you could. Oh, I would much rather go to, you know, play in Tampa Bay than Las Vegas. I don't believe, I don't think Las Vegas is the same as Florida. I don't think they have state taxes. I think they do have. State taxes. I don't think Brady cares about that, but I think if if Brady cares about winning, Brady wants to surround himself with the talent to win. And when you looked at Tampa's roster, top to bottom, the only thing they needed. The year before he got there, was to get crab legs out of the, the quarterback room. Yeah, it was Mister Thirty Thirty. Yeah, and <laughs> as soon as that happened, look what happened. They turned into a Super Bowl team. Now, granted, it's Tom Brady, but I think you, I think if even if you put, I don't know, just just drop any of the top ten quarterbacks on the team. Russell Wilson, drop Russell Wilson on the team. It's probably he's got a good chance to win a Super Bowl. True. I, no, I, I'll say no, and here's my reason why. Bra like like you mentioned uh, earlier, 
it's about him elevating everything. Like there's an expectation. I don't, you know, nothing against Russ, but he doesn't bring that level of expectation that Tom Brady brings. It changes everybody's mindset from top to bottom. And they're expected to carry themselves and operate as a winning product because that's what he expects. I don't think somebody like Russ or any name your top five quarterback outside of Tom Brady uh, demands or commands that same type of, you know, aura. You get what I'm saying? I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I just thought from an X's and O's standpoint to get you past the hump, I thought Tom Brady, you know, other you could put any of the top 10 guys in there and you have a team that was what? Eight and eight, yeah. seven and nine. I mean, Russ and wasn't able to, what Russ wasn't able to do it with the teams that he's had around and he's had some great talented teams offensively and defensively. Yeah. Yeah. But but you got to understand from Russ's perspective, there was the offense there, but the defense every year they were just imploding the defense and not re-signing the people that to make them better. Was, and Russ was like, "Dude, like, what, what? How much more can I do?" Well, it, it's you know it's hard to do that. You go to a Super Bowl, you make deep runs. People want those players. So that's a that's a front office problem. But still, you can't tell me that, well, let's say the last two years, he's had no offensive line. Okay, well, Andrew Luck was the same way. Peyton Manning was the same way for most of his career. Yeah. Is Russ- You're talking about a top three quarterback of all time in Peyton Manning. Okay, so with Russ, do you think of Russ as a winner? Or do you think of Russ as somebody who's just like, you know, he makes big plays? He's a winner. You you Garrett you call him a winner? Yeah, I mean he's got a Super Bowl in what first two years or did he win as a rookie? I can't remember. Uh, I think it was first two first years. Two yeah, years. I don't. It wasn't a rookie. Yeah, I mean offensive rookie. What? No, that was RG three. He he's he's got he's got all the statistical measures of a winner. He puts his team in the position to win. He's made it to the playoffs. He's won the division. Like he's won a Super Bowl. Granted, you could say that was the defense, but I mean, he's one Marshawn Lynch run away from having a back-to-back Super Bowl champion. I mean, one play in history changes our whole entire narrative of Russell Wilson. So, does yeah. this season with the Broncos will this change anything with his legacy if he doesn't have a great season? Because he doesn't have the same weapons he does. Did he's not going to have a great season? Yeah, he doesn't have I, the same weapons as and he's playing in the you know the AFC West, which is a, a killer division now. Yeah. He's going he's goes he's going basically from the the hardest division in football last year to the hardest division in football this year. Yeah. So with, with worse with weapons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, with worse weapons. Yeah. Yeah. I but yeah, I, I think he's a winner. I just honestly I don't know why he went to Denver. I'm not really sure of that, other than maybe money in to just get out of Seattle. Nobody wants to listen to Pete Carroll. Yeah, I mean, he's like, oh. what is he, 85 now? Something like that. Something he's like already that. beat the mortality like rate. He's during the national championship game against Vince Young. Like, who knows how old he is? Yeah. He, yeah. Enough. Okay. Enough with that guy. Uh, last night, Giants and Bengals, big play happened. Thaddeus Moss, uh, Randy Moss's son, comes down the line and quote unquote chop blocks. Thaddeus Thibodeau, MCL injury. He's out four weeks. Three, four weeks. 
Um, a lot of people, you jump right on Twitter after it, you see a lot of guys, Ocho, uh, all kinds of media members saying dirty play, this and that. Then you have the other half of, let's say, Schlereth, uh, AJ Hawk, say, hey, you know, this happens hundreds of times each game. This is also on the linebacker of Thibodeau of, hey, that ball drill where you got to get your hands out and stuff stuff a chop block, this is part of it. So what do you guys say? Was this dirty or is this just part of the game? It's part of the game, but in the same token, let's flip, let's flip this because see, they didn't want they didn't want the offensive player or you know doing this. They didn't want the defensive player doing this to the offense. So how is this any different? when we're talking about protecting players' knees. It, it only applies to certain folks here. I just think this is where the NFL gets into a gray area with a lot of things that they do. Um, it, it's I, it's perfectly within the rules what he did, but in the same token, you flip this on the other side and we got a major flag on our hands and we're likely, you know, talking about finding this guy. Um, you know, they've basically made defensive players to have to hit a target basically and if you're not within that window you're likely going to get flagged and if you don't look like you're doing it a certain way you're going to get flagged but an offensive guy can just go out and do whatever the heck he wants I, I just i'm not buying that i think that that in itself is a problem because uh you know guys the guys on the defense are just as poor as important as the guys on the offensive side of the ball and they both should be protected especially okay. So this is the first time I've seen this play. No, it's not dirty. It's a legal block. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Caleb, you you got to shoot your hands down there. You got to stuff it. That's that's you've been taught that your entire high school football career. I was taught that when I played defense to defensive line. Oh, it's, my entire college career, we did that drill every single day. I that's a day one. I sleep. That's a day one. Okay, he came to the NFL. He wasn't paying attention. He didn't see the block come in and happen. Okay, that's part of the game. But on the flip side of that, like you're saying, Dujanay, if this is defense, defense, defensive players can't go for the head. So now they're going for the offensive players, and they're going for their knees because that's all they can do now. You can't hit a guy in the chest because it's a flag because you're using yeah. the crown of your helmet. You can't hit him in the head. So the only thing you can do is hit him at the knees, right? So it's just it, – I think it's, it, you know – it's a fair play. It really is a fair play. It's tough it to see, and it's it's the unfortunate side of the game that you don't like to see. But if this was ten, shit happens, that's if the this NFL. Was ten years Welcome ago, to the league. Let's say if this was ten years ago and and there was Twitter, is this as big of an issue as now? No, no, no it's not. And not at all. And is this agree. Is, and is this because the NFL has changed? Let's say the target. Of uh, you know an offensive player so much that defensive guys went from you know attacking the head. We always you know face mask on face mask. That's exactly how we were taught to tackle. Well, now, like you said, Neil, if it's really hard to change your body mid-flight trying to change the directory of hitting somebody, so the easiest thing to to attack is legs. Legs aren't going to move much, so. Yeah. Is this? Do we put more of the blame of this on the NFL and the rules committee than anything else? One hundred percent. Yeah, period. I would agree. Yeah, 
it's tough to see that, um, but it it's the way you're changing the game of football, and that's you live with the consequences, right? Mm-hmm. So is are we looking? Let's say another five five years down the road, we take away helmet to helmets. Are we going to have to take away tackles below the knees? They're going to try. <laughs> They're going to try. Hey, didn't we talk about this like? When we were kids, it's like by the time it was like 2025, it's going to be two hand touch. Two hand touch, you're going to have two to hand touch flag football, or you're yep. going to have to make like a rugby type tackle. Yeah, yeah, I, we're getting there. We'll get there. Either and, that, or they'll just take away the helmet. Here's the thing: I don't think they'll take away the helmets because of a risk for skull fractures and those kind of injuries, which you can't control. But yeah. they'll. They, Will it's, they be? It is five years down the road. Will they be wearing those guardian caps during games? Probably. I could see that. I could definitely see that. And you know what? There's no, there's no, there's no literature in review, and there's no literature out on that stuff. I mean, just because you have a quarter inch of foam around your head is not going to change how your brain shifts back and forth during a hit. The whiplash your neck is going to receive, right? It's still, you know, big guys on big guys, the the greatest athletes in the world running, jumping, sprinting as fast as they can into each other. Yep. You know what you signed up for, yep. what you've done your entire life. You talk to any NFL player and ask them. Now, ask them before any, you know, injury settlement lawsuit that they put their name to. Because after that, you know, would you would you give your body for a Super Bowl ring? Like perfect example. I spent uh, last Saturday with Jonesy, and he's signing autographs and he's got a Super Bowl ring and seeing you know everybody's coming up trying the ring. Like, what would you do or give up to have a chance to win a Super Bowl ring like that and have that for the rest of your life? Is it worth like talking with Chris? Is it worth seven major surgeries? in six seasons to call yourself 100%. a Super Bowl champion in the, for the rest of your life. 100%. Yeah, I hate to say yes, but it is. I, I, I'd do that for sure. Yeah. It's about the glory. That's what every single NFL athlete plays for. They play That's for what the, every single football player. That's what they play for. Yeah. Like, you know, and I tell Chris this all the time. I say, you achieve the one thing that everybody dreams of when they're growing up. And you have that for the rest of your life, no matter, you know, the torn Achilles, the hamstrings, the the knees, all the stuff, all of his injuries, the hips, the groin, you know, seven major surgeries in six years, you know, having to learn how to kind of walk and run and all this. But you have something that less than 1% of the football population has. And you'll forever be known as a Super Bowl Super champion. champion. Mm-hmm. I'd and do it for a state championship too. I'd do it for a win- <laughs> Neil knows I'll do it for a winning season. <laughs> yeah, I played yeah. on some I'd, crap I'd, teams, I, I wouldn't even want a winning season at this point at, at the high school I work at. I'm just hoping for a win. Like I'll do anything for a win. That's just, right I now. want a single win. Just one. like yeah, just give me one of those. So yeah, one hundred percent. Of course, all I mean, of us would. I I would. And no it, doubt. It's kind of, 
it, it's funny with him. It's kind of like, you know, so, so yes, that like, you know, when I, when he first moved back home, he kept his, he kept his Super Bowl ring in its box in like the shelf where his kids put their shoes right next to the garage door. <laughs> I'm like, if I had, like, I wanted to hit him so hard. Like really, dude? You do you wonder? Do you wonder if your your motivation and the way you carry yourself just changes once you have it? Because once you have it, you're like, I don't care about any of this anymore. It's you know, it, it, it's interesting. You you think you you mentioned that? I wonder if it is. Obviously, I don't have. I don't know what it's like to be successful like that on the field. Yeah. Um But like. Look, let's move into like an MMA type world, especially with all my fighters right now. Like, you know, Jake, Jake wins one title. He wants to go to another promotion, win another title, drop to another weight, win another title. Like there's some guys who crave, you know, that success of winning the belts, the rings, the titles, this and that. And there's some guys who, you know, you see it in professionals all the time. They work so hard, get to the top. Let's say when Andy Ruiz knocked out Anthony Joshua the first time, biggest upset in boxing in years. Yeah. Well, for the rematch, Andy Ruiz basically took eight weeks off, got 30 pounds heavier, spent all this money because he had reached the top, the pinnacle, had never had money in his life, and then gets murdered. So, <laughs> you know, to each, it is. One thing I did find interesting, and I was the same way, Chris said since he's – he's left he can't watch an nfl football game why is that he feels that it's just like it's kind of either not exciting or it's just like it's one of the, and i can kind of feel the same way when my career was done playing football it was like for a while for me for a while it was like and i it just it feels weird it like i did it for so long and now i i, I don't have any involvement with it anymore yeah so it's kind of that, I can see that kind of depression why maybe maybe it's a form of depression because you're not playing the game that you played for 30 plus years or you know or maybe you're at peace with it so i had to it could be but if you get there you'd be like well maybe you can watch a game again i mean i got well, here's, here's the difference between you and chris though you you never reached the pinnacle. He True. reached it. True, and yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of like you've done everything in your life. If you've done it, it's like, well, I'd have no aspiration, no drive to do that specific event again mm-hmm. because I've done it. And I've, then it's I've achieved trying it. to find that new thing to chase. Yeah, that's the like, hard part. Is like finding what's next. Here's an example I'll give you. So like. Olympic weightlifting. You know how we had the Olympic weightlifting program in high school killed. Yeah. I love that. I, we won a state championship. I won a state championship. I hate lifting now. It doesn't, it doesn't interest me. Like lifting for my own um, like benefit or to get stronger or to like to get bulk up or whatever or to get like lifting, I just have no intentions of lifting. Uh-huh. It just it's I it's like I won, I could care less about it. My that part of my life's over. I want nothing to do with it anymore. So from that aspect, I understand maybe where Chris is coming from, 
obviously I haven't reached his level, but I, I get where he's coming from in that aspect because I could care less about lifting. And it's sad, like, but I enjoy other things in life. Like, oh, I no. have other drives now. Like, I play golf all the time, but I, I hate lifting. Yeah, no. The I, thought of lifting just makes me just cringe. I'm the same way. <laughs> I, I'm the same way. Like, I, it's kind of like I'm glad I found jujitsu when I was done playing football. Yeah. And got into that. So it, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it's finding that next thing. But he's, you know, he's a defensive. He's the defensive line coach for Brownsburg now. So at least he's still involved with. Football. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's pretty good. interesting. So what else we got cooking? Oh, I got a good question. Is from what we saw in preseason this past weekend, is Josh Allen still the man? I think he's a little overrated. Oh, okay. I agree, hundred percent. Oh, I want to hear. Like me and you are on the same wavelength tonight. I want to hear. Hundred percent agree. I'm getting offers on all my Josh Allen stuff all the time. Is this the time to sell Josh Allen? Heck yeah! If they're yes. buying. Because yeah. I I think there I think there's a ceiling with him, and I think we're gonna find that out this year. Uh, there's so much talent in the AFC. Um, you know, I think he was anointed and he was crowned like way too early. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. I'm just saying he's not this elite guy that everybody wants him to be. Um, I think there's definitely some flaws. I think people overlook the. Um, the, he 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 has he has a little bit of a Carson in him with the what the heck was that throw? You just threw an interception and you didn't have to do that. You had a better play, but you wanted the big play and you got snuffed out. Those types of things, and I think those things will come back and bite them, and those will be the things that keep them from being in the Super Bowl because as we all know, that AFC conference has five right off the top before you even start talking about them that can easily punch them in the mouth. And with the way he plays, <laughs> bye, out of the playoffs quickly. Yep. They're not even smelling AFC championship game. I, I may be biased when I say this, but remember who they play week one. <laughs> yeah. And, and remember – Who's the leader of that defense? He go, he you go think he's going to stop? He's yeah. the greatest. What, what they didn't the NFL come out with the greatest like defensive position players, and they rated they rated Aaron Donald as the greatest defensive tackle of all time. I mean, would you guys agree with that? Yeah, at this I would point? agree. He's the and most. You got to you got to go up against guy. that and Jalen Ramsey. Oh, yeah. and they brought in uh, over the top, over the hill, Bobby Wagner. Yep. But he ain't no slouch. Mm-hmm. Nope. He's gonna lay the wood. Yep. So I think I think Josh Allen is overrated, and people are gonna find that out pretty quickly. So Neil, card wise, are we selling before the season? Yeah, or I already sold all my Josh Allen's. Okay, so you're so it's sell before. Yeah, the I liquid it. I liquid it. It's gone. Bye. See you later. Interesting. All right. I'm holding. I'm actually at this point. I have sold off, taken all my profits. I'm no. I am no longer holding anything NFL related besides my Aaron Donald collection. Really? Other than two Jalen Hurt base PSA ten set wow. on my slabs, and that's it. Well, I'm going to. I'm setting up at a show, not next weekend, but the weekend after the U.S. Nationals. Yeah. So it'll be week, week one, week one. Yeah. 
yeah. Try to move all my stuff in, which I won't, but whatever. I'm ready just to watch football now. I mean, you look at their first four games, right? So they got yeah. the Rams first, Tennessee, uh, uh, Miami, who I think is a sleeper. Then you mm-hmm. got the Ravens, Steelers, Chiefs. That's foot and butt repeatedly for three games. Ravens defense is looking a lot better. Um, you got the Steelers, who I think is severely underrated here. Uh, I think people are looking at Mitchell Trubisky like way too much. They've got a lot around him. I'm not even saying he's going to be there at week five, but either way, defensively, they're going to play a stout defense there. Um, that's going to be a tough game for them. And then you're going to play the Chiefs. I mean, did anybody see what Patty Melt did? I know it's a preseason game, but dude's just out there slinging the ball around, like throwing it. He's looking backwards and throwing a 50-yard pass, just chucking it behind him. Like, it's just ridiculous. It's a video game. Like, I don't even think this guy's real. (laughs) As much as people, like, as much as people are in awe of Josh Allen's arm, Patrick Mahomes is that much better. Yeah. Like, he's that much better. Yeah. I, I think I don't. I just don't understand the logic behind you get beat on a road game, and all of a sudden you got beat, and you added Von Miller and over the hill Von Miller, and now you guys are the greatest team to ever live. It doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. Because to be honest with you, Von was a piece to a puzzle. Correct. Von wasn't the puzzle. He wasn't the guy. Okay. No. He was a piece to a puzzle, and because all those pieces. It enabled him to do what he does best. I don't mm-hmm. see that being the same thing or equating to the same thing here in Buffalo because he's going to have to do a little bit more. He has I, to be the centerpiece of that defensive yes. line. He is the now linchpin. He was not the linchpin for that defense with the Rams. Yeah, there's a difference. And the he same was, thing. Honestly, with Bobby he's kind of like the third, the third guy, the third yeah. playmaker on that defense. Yeah, and it's the same thing with Bobby Wagner, like. Everybody yeah. talks about what he is, but so what? He's not the linchpin to the defense. They're asking mm-hmm. him to do what he does best and go out there and execute that. You've got everybody else around you. That's Don't great. <laughs> Just do your job. So yep. it's perfect for him. It was perfect for Von Miller. I think this situation, he saw dollar signs, and that's cool. I'm all, all about people getting the bag, but I, I don't think this is what Buffalo's not going to be able to – have the same production that they saw in LA. Yeah, it's too tough to to get that. Especially when you got a quarterback throwing interceptions. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard much of the Steelers because I don't really follow deep, but is it uh is it Trubisky's team or is it Kenny Pickett's? I think it is Trubisky's team, but here's the reasoning. I think it's for this locker room you don't want to have to sell Kenny Pickett. You want people to see it. So I think that what they're trying to do here is do the right thing. They trade it for this guy. It's not like Mitch hasn't looked bad in practice and he hasn't looked awful, but Pickett has the same thing he had in college. He doesn't practice well and then comes out there and lights the world on fire during game day. So I think it's a matter of, let it let it play itself out. And I think Tomlin's going to do the right thing here. Let Mitch play. And when he starts stinking up the joint, it's going to be very obvious to the players in the locker room. 
and it's going to be very obvious to everyone else who the real quarterback is. Don't force it. And you don't have to rush it because at the, at the end of the day, you've got a, a solid running game. You've got crazy talent at wide receiver. And your defense is what it's always been here in Pittsburgh. That's what they predicate themselves on, playing tough, hard-nosed defense. And if you put those together, then they should be able to squeak some, do, do a decent job in the first half of the season. When he comes out and Trubisky goes Mitchell Trubisky, then you can everybody will see what's going on and they will see that okay now it, it's it's Kenny's deal to take now. So what's our thoughts also? Let's move to a different team, same division. So Deshaun Watson's out eleven games, Jacoby Brissett's taken over. Is Jacoby going to manage to have a winning record before Deshaun comes back? Eleven games. Yeah, you didn't know that. Yeah. No, no, games. I knew that. I'm just saying you're you're trying to say that he's going to have a winning record through 11 no, games. I, no, I'm asking. Do you think Jacoby is going to be able to win, have a positive record in 11 games? I don't. I'm going to say 100 percent no. Yeah. Um, no. Let, let, let's talk about. Let's just go run down the schedule real quick. So. Their week one regular season game is the Carolina Panthers. Probably a win there. They got the Jets, probably another win. Um, you got the Steelers week three. The Falcons, who I think could really, with uh, Mariota and all that little trickery thing and how he runs, I think could give them an issue. Uh, maybe we could give them a win there. But they're going to play the Chargers after that week five. They're going to play the Patriots week six. They're going to play the Ravens week seven. They're going to play the Bengals week eight. They got a bye week nine. Then you play the Dolphins, who are a lot better. The Buffalo Bills in week 11. And guess what? Watson comes back and plays Tampa Bay week 12. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no way. No way. So they're going to be riding no a six, seven game losing streak heading into that game. They need to start looking to 2023. That's all yes. I'm saying. So you're playing Absolutely. for you're playing for draft picks. Yeah. Pretty AFC much. AFC is too Most tough for the this team year. and look for 2023. Yeah. AFC, the AFC is too tough. They yeah. they got you, a murder's row on that one. Yeah, you can't you can't get by with just playing average quarterback play to win in the AFC. Okay, so Kobe can win you a couple. Yeah, speaking of average quarterback play in the AFC, uh better season or better not just record-wise, but player-wise. Better overall season, the Jaguars or the Titans? I'm going Jags. I, I will disagree. Coaching staff. I believe in that coaching staff. I really do. I, do I worry about the wide receivers? And you got a streaker and Christian Kirk that you overpaid for. He's Ooh. not. You know what I mean? Uh, you know. Uh, um, uh, I'm a little concerned about that. But I like what they're able to do running the football. I, I think Doug P- uh, is it Doug Peterson. Yep, Doug Peterson. I think Doug Peterson will have, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence looking a lot better, playing good football. I think I think defensively, they may not have like the great pieces, but I think the way that uh, they operate, the way that Doug Peterson operates, uh, the scheme, they will be sound. 
I think they will definitely have a better season. I got Travis Etienne back. I can't buy into Tannehill unless you go and bring out Malik Willis, which he's too raw to come out too soon. So that's know. exactly why I was thinking Tim, or that's exactly why I was thinking that that Tennessee, uh, Tennessee would would have a chance. I think Vrabel's a good coach. I think Vrabel knows how to play to his strengths. Um, you know, try to get Malik Willis up to game speed. Yeah, he may be raw, but if Tannehill can win you a few games and then maybe he's during the middle of the season, starts to look a little a little rough around the edges, Malik Willis steps in, changes up the offense a little bit, gives him a little bit of that dual threat, able to run the ball. Make the just the simple passes. We're we're into like a Lamar Jackson 2018 year, where he's playing the back half of the season. He's looking pretty decent. Follow that up into, and I'm not saying he's turning into Lamar Jackson. I'm just saying right. there there I can see a, an avenue in which that happens, and Malik Willis can carry them to a better season. To because to right now when you think of Tennessee, who beats you for Tennessee? Does Ryan Tannehill beat you, or does Derrick Henry beat you? It's Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. So you take Derrick Henry out of the equation, like you did last year. Ryan Tannehill's not the one that's going to beat you. Not so even close. you might as well give Malik that opportunity, you know, a couple games in, and see what he can do to change. Now, is Tennessee <laughs> great all around? No, but like. Malik can make plays. Let him make run around, make plays like he did in college, like he's shown in preseason. But you got to give him that opportunity because with Tannehill in the game, they're a one-trick pony. If you yep. can stop Derrick Henry, you can shut down the Titans all day. Yep. But but I think if they can get Hassan Haskins in the mix here uh, and and be what we possibly think he could be as a spell back for Henry. Um, and then you could add a, a Willis. I could see it, but I still think Jacksonville is is probably better suited for it, for having a better season. Yeah, I mean, all you got is Robert Woods, in my opinion. I, I nobody else scares me out there. So, but like you said, I understand what you're saying with Willis and all uh, coming out there because you, yeah. his playmaking ability now opens the doors for these other guys to have some easy catches because they ain't covering for more than you know. They're not covering seven seconds plus, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, right. so I get it. But uh, I just think Doug Peterson is a, a sound coach, um, and I, I think he'll he'll have this this team turn around. I don't think they're as bad as they looked under Urban. Urban Liar? Yeah. Yes. I, I think both teams won't be good. You know, maybe once weeks out of seven and nine season, if you're lucky, or seven and ten or what, nine and nine and what is that, 9 and 8 or whatever 17 games adds up to be. But, I mean, you're, I think I think in that division, your your division winner is the Colts. I think it's just – I mean, Matt Ryan's your upgraded quarterback that you probably needed for the past three years. Um, you know, how much how much money – or how much, you know, life does he have left in that arm? We'll see. But he's got the defense and he's got the pieces other than wide receiving core to win that division. You know what, though? I I like I, – I really like what I'm seeing out of Michael Pittman Jr. right now. Yeah. Um, and then you add Alec Pierce to that. Uh, I, I I know it hasn't panned out early for Michael, but I, I really like what I'm seeing out of him uh, this preseason. 
Um, and I think that addition of Matt Ryan, I mean, goodness, you, you're running back are just they're not able to just run the ball between the tackles or outside the tackles they they can throw those nice wheel route screens and things like that to these backs and then you see what we're seeing we're seeing michael pittman jr stay, step up we're seeing alec pierce step up they've got a couple other guys that are also making plays within there um i really like the colts a lot and i like what i'm seeing out of that that young wide receiver that they drafted it didn't look good early, um, you know, especially with Carson Wentz. But um, I think he's starting to come into his own right now. Yeah, I, I like the Colts. I like the Colts. I, Caleb, I like the Colts better than I liked them last year. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, the wide receiver thing does scare me. Pittman's basically the veteran of the room. You have rookies, undrafted guys, guys off the practice squad. But you have Reggie Wayne as a wide receiver coach. There's anybody? Mm-hmm. Why, why would you not want a uh, you know Hall of Fame? Should be a Hall of Famer. Uh, He'll be there. Yeah, coaching there. So you know, we'll we'll see what it's like. I never give predictions during preseason. You got to see what it looks like week one. Yeah. Um, but speaking of coaching staffs, has anybody watched this season of Hard Knocks? No, man, no. chance. No. Best season of Hard Knocks since the first one. Really. Uh, I'll tell you why. The coaching staff is entertaining. The players are entertaining. And, you know, you kind of get behind freaking Motor City Dan Campbell, man. He is a no gruff taken. Like, he is a player. He's out there. Plus, you have, uh, you have, uh, who is it? Is it Deuce Staley? It's Deuce Staley. And uh, I didn't realize Deuce was up there. And uh, 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 used to play corner was a first round pick, 2003, uh, defensive back for for Houston. Um, Aaron and I almost want to call him Aaron Brooks, but I know it's not Aaron Brooks or Aaron Bailey. Um, but the coaching staffs, the coaching staff, they're going back and forth the offensive guys versus the defensive guys, like. It's very entertaining. I'm kind of excited to see what the Lions do. Jared They're Goff, like the lovable losers of the NFL. I mean, someone's got to be, and until the Ford family passes that team off to somebody for real, you know, you kind of want to root for the Lions. Like, you want to see them do well. You got to get rid of Jared Goff because he ain't doing nothing for you. But, no. <sighs> they got a heck of a wide receiver in core, adding uh, DJ Chark to that. But I, I like um, what's that? Uh, St. Brown they have I'm over there. St. Brown. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, I mean they've got they've got a really nice receiving core, and then adding uh, Jamison Williams to that that mix. Um, you know, DeAndre Swift I, is your underrated top top five running back. I think so. I really do. Um, I, he kind of showed a little bit of it last year, uh, mm-hmm. but I really, I really definitely think that that he is severely underrated. Um, is Jared Goff is the is really the catalyst to it all. If he plays anything like he played with the Rams, he just has to do the right thing, basically, right? You know, that's just been not his struggle his up. entire career. <laughs> yeah, to do the right thing. If he can just do that, I think everything else falls into place. I mean, yeah, the, the offense is it, it it has talent. Yeah. The, so it, yeah, between so obviously they're not going to win the NFC. Um, north 
and they're not going to be in the top two teams. Like they're not gonna, they're not Green Bay, they're not Minnesota, they're not beating nope. any of those teams. But are they better than the Bears? Yes, the Bears yeah. are too young. The Bears are just too young. They got a lot. It's a lot of learning that needs to be done. Um, a lot of rebuilding. Yeah, there's just too much going on there, and it, it's sad. I, I think they'll be competitive this year. I think you'll see a better Justin Fields, but uh, yeah, yeah, they're just not there yet. Is it yeah. for the Bears? Is it an ownership problem? Is it a front office problem? Is it a coaching problem or a player problem? Because you can start at look at Soldier Field, and you know they had what three concerts you know, the week of a game and you see the divots and stuff on this field, yeah. like, it, it, it all starts, I believe, at the top down. And if you don't care about your field or your players getting injured, like, what does that say to your team? Yeah, it speaks loud. So, hopefully- I mean, they're, they're, what, two years removed from having a top 10, top five defense with just a play, just – having an average offense for being yeah. a, a yeah. better playoff team winning the division. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not, they're not bad. It's just, they're not really they're, they're not I bad. think you're right, Caleb, the ownership, I think the ownership down is, has ruined that team. It's not the players up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, I mean, you, you brought Eddie Jackson and you drafted Eddie Jackson, you turned him into a pro bowl type player, but you know, you don't have anything to you, – you, you you did a lot with what you had. You just kind of pissed away what you had. It's quite <laughs> it's quite interesting to see the difference in ownerships of good franchise and bad franchises and see the level of care and interest that the state – how the stadium looks, how the field's presented, you know, and how that carries over not only as, you know, for players – coming on and playing, but, you know, how it represents your team as a whole. Like, if you're going out there, if Justin Fields is walking out on Soldier, Soldier Field and there's a bunch of divots, you think, man, I can't wait to run around on this field. <laughs> uh, be another casualty like we all those casualties that they've had at FedEx. So, yeah, that, that, oh, yeah. that can't be good. That can't yeah. be good. Hey, how long until Dan Schneider gets thrown in the slammer for something? Man, I feel like he should they, he should have been gone. Um, I feel like he's got some dirt on other people like Jerry Jones. Um, so they don't have no choice but to keep him around because if they send him out, he starts squawking mm. and start telling on other people. Uh, because we know that Jerry got away and that, that organization got away with one paid off and didn't even report that didn't report anything at all and got away with it but you know it's the nfl's golden child even though they're a bunch of losers 500 you know they're 500 city all the time but yet we we put them on a pedestal every year um yeah i i think dan would have been gone but i think he has some dirt on some other people and those owners ain't gonna force him out because they know that they get ousted later and yep. then their butts are in the wind. Yep. All right. Final thing for me, and then I'll open it up to you guys. We see, you know, a quarterback of the future, Zach Wilson, get hurt on a non-contact play. Does this show, or not show, but does this make more teams and coaches hesitant to put 
starting players, future players out there on the field at all for preseason? I think it depends on what you got. Like if, if we're talking about, so if we take last year's class, right? Or two, the last two years class, you know what you have in Joe Burrow. You know what you have in Justin Herbert. You know what you have in, in Jalen Hurts and Tua, right? Tua probably plays a little bit more in the preseason because you're trying to figure out what he can do. Jalen Hurts, the same thing. But you know what Justin, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, you're trying to save their bodies as much as possible. And I think the same goes for Zach Wilson. You're trying to, you're trying to kind of figure out what he can do a little bit in the preseason. You're letting him, you're letting him play a little bit more because you want to see if he's progressed at all when the games don't count. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I, I don't know if it changes too much. Um, yeah. Because at the end of the day, like, so what? You hold him out for three preseason games. If you're, you know, got to play the hall of fame, then you got four. So he goes out week one and same thing happens. I think it's yep. just a matter of, we talked about it. We talked about it before. These guys are so big now, and there's just certain things you, you you're not going around strengthening an ACL. <laughs> you know, you, you just can't don't prevent. Do that. You can't prevent ACL tears. You yeah, you just can't prevent certain things. And at the end of the day, these guys are so big. There's so much torque. There's so much. You know what I mean? There's so many of these things, and they're doing them at a high rate of speed. Uh, you know, just. They're, and they're super strong. I just think that's just is what this is what we've gone to. I think, uh, what is it? What's the guy's name? His name was Fred Davis. Fred Davis. He, when he got bigger, stronger, he had a non-contact injury and his Achilles just popped. These guys are huge, man. Like, there's just, it's to a point where everything is just stretched and so tight and so everything is just so built that there's no room for error. Like, you make a false move, pow. It's gone, and I don't yeah. think that happened preseason, regular season. It's gonna happen. This is this is the era that we're in. Big, strong, fast guys. Things blow out if you make if you misstep or step on someone or step in a divot. It's just how it is. Yeah, two hundred and eighty pounds, three hundred pounds is not meant to run sub four seven forties or sub four eight forties. It's just the body's just not meant for that. Yeah, it's just not oh, for sure. though. That's up. That's it for me. You got anything else you want to touch on now? Yeah. Did you get our message that I sent on Instagram? I haven't. I got it. No, uh, it's all right. Me and D Blaine will take this. We'll let you talk a little bit. We'll all let right, you think right. about it. So I sent in the message. I said, okay, top five teams you have right now going into the season. Okay. And then who do you think from there will make it to the Super Bowl? And who would be your Cinderella story? Okay. okay? So I will go first. Give you a little bit of time, then we'll let D Blaine go and you can finish last kill. So number five, I have the Chargers. I think we talked about this a little bit after um the uh the combine and then after the draft. They got better. They they solved a lot of the issues that they had last year. You have a defense that's getting healthier and better, faster, stronger. You have an offense that signed its players back. They're gelling. They're playing better sound football. Justin Herbert needs to take the next step. But if he takes that next step, we're talking about a whole nother echelon of of 
of team uh, of being in the next category of teams. So I think top five, they're number five. Number four, I, this this probably will disagree or with with your guys's list, but I have the Bucks, and the reason why is you have the greatest players of all time, and we said the same thing two years ago. You know, when when Tom went to Tampa Bay, we said, okay, well. He's probably over the hill. Here's where his career goes to die. He goes and wins a Super Bowl. The year afterwards, he's, you know, 35 seconds and a defense defensive collapse away from going to overtime and probably winning another one. I think there was a stat that was put out there. In the last 11 years, Tom Brady has been to a Super Bowl every other year. This would be that other year, 2022. Uh, Bengals, number three, um, they solved a lot of their issues. Um, they brought in uh, Alex Kappa from the Tampa Bay Bucks, great offensive guard to kind of solve those interior line problems. Um, they strengthened the rest of the offensive line defensively. I don't know why they still have Eli Apple there. I don't know what they was going through their head, but um, – they did re-sign. I think they re-signed. Who was it? Was it Von Bell at safety? I'm not sure. I believe that is who it is. I will look that up. A, a veteran, but some guy who played well within the defense. The defense actually is an underrated defense. They're pretty good. Offensively, I think they take the next step. If you can finally get Joe Mixon healthy for a year, you're talking about gelling even more in. Joe Burrow was the he had the best completion percentage last year. I think that just continues. I think he's a good quarterback. I think it, he's got that he's got that moxie that you want. The guy who has no fear out there. Um, number two, the Bills. Yes, Josh Allen is is a loose cannon, but the defense is was was at times very prone to injuries and holes in the defense that are now healthy offensively on the offensive line. They're healthier than what they were last year. Um, I think that's fine at number two. And then number one, Super Bowl champions who had no holes in their game because they won a Super Bowl, and then now they just went out and got a pretty decent linebacker. They re-signed – I think they re-signed – I want to say Nikel Roby Coleman, who they've had for years and years and years to play their nickel again. Um, that brings back uh, a familiar face, kind of like when they brought back um, Eric Weddle last year. Somebody who knows the knows the defense, knows how to play within the defense, helps strengthen them offensively. You signed Allen Robinson. I think that's a slight upgrade in the actual athleticism and receiving core but a slight downgrade in maybe the run protection, run run scheme, being able to be a little physical on the inside. But overall, you still have Cooper Cup and you have Cam Akers coming off a healthy offseason. So um, Rams at number one. There. Not a bad Definitely list. Feel. Not a bad list. Um, I went with the Raiders at number five. I, I could have flopped this with my team, the Chargers, but um, the Raiders – I just feel like they have to put it all together. Um, uh, I think Carr finally has some pieces around him. Uh, we hope that the running game can be a little bit better. They did draft a, a nice running back to complement um, 
and maybe be the number one. Uh, I like their defense and what they bring. I think they have a, a coach that is, uh, you know, sound in his approach, uh, has a direction, um, and has, you know, has established something uh, that that can they can buy into and carry. Um, you know, I think the pieces that they needed are, are are there. It's just up to Derek Carr to to do a little bit better than he did last year uh, in execution. And I think they they'll be right in the thick of things. The fourth is my chargers. I can't trust them just yet. Uh, you're, you know, they, they definitely fixed the offensive line. Uh, whoa, especially at the guard position. I like that. Uh, you got a, a back to spell Eckler and Spiller, uh, which is important. He's not built to be, you know, that every down back carrying it like that uh, definitely needs to have a break. Uh, like what they've done as far as the wide receiving core and the defense is just exceptional. If it all gels together, uh, like you said, if if Herbert takes the next step and all those pieces on defense that you bring in uh, gel together, boy, uh, we could be talking about something at the end of the year, but they have to go out and do it. So uh, that's I have them at number four. Uh, number three, I have the Packers. It's a little weird. Uh, but it's Aaron Rodgers. The only problem is that Aaron doesn't win playoff games, but they're probably the better team, better suited team to win uh, right now. I just don't buy into the Bucks. I feel like um, I really feel like Brady should have stayed retired. Um, I think he's coming back to get beat because uh, there's a little bit better teams now, and even in their own division, I think the Saints can possibly do something if – if we have crab legs do what he did in the first half of the season before he got hurt. So, um, but I have them at three. They've been there and done that. Unlike the two bottom teams that I talked about. Uh, second is the Bengals. Like you said, they fixed a lot of their woes that they had last year um, that really prevented them from taking that step that everybody was hoping for. Um, you know, the offense, I think Joe Burrow is just, he's, he's money. Um, and he, he just has it, uh, and he raises the level of everyone around him. Uh, the defense, uh, you know, they, they're going to be just fine over there. I think that's great uh, what they did over there. Like you said, they did add Von Bell. Um, I, I like the pieces that they have, and together I think they'll – because they'll be able to score, it'll take a lot of pressure off of that defense, and they can go out and do what they need to do. Uh, so I have them at two, and obviously – the Rams at number one. I don't care whether you lose Vaughn Miller. At the end of the day, have one of the best coaches in, in, I feel in the league, and Sean McVay. Uh, the guy schemes up stuff uh, extremely well. Um, he's going to continue to do that. He always continues to evolve. Uh, they add a few other pieces that are still tough to guard, giving them uh, you know another wide receiver core that is a pick your poison type of deal. They have two backs in the backfield and. Uh, Henderson and Akers. Uh, I like what they have on defense. They have the best player in the league um, on defense. And then you add a, a gritty, nasty, heat-seeking missile in in Wagner. And with all you have at the corners, I think you, there's no way you can't pick them again. Um, I, I just I feel like that's where it's at with with the NFC. They're the cream of the crop in the NFC. And everybody's gunning for them, and it's going to be tough. That's <laughs> my top five. All right, top five for me. I um, five. I'm going with the Colts. We all think they were a quarterback away from making a run last year. 
you know, you have a legit quarterback who who is a game manager, you don't lose those four games. Now you're not fighting with the Jaguars and Clown Town for, you know, a spot in the playoffs. <laughs> so yeah. so yeah. Matt Ryan, you have, you know, you have a defense that that's well put together. You bring in Stephon Gilmore, you bring in Rodney McLeod, you bring in Ngakwe, like the defense gets better. The offense, you know, still a little young on the outsides, but you have Jonathan Taylor, you have uh, Naheem Hines, who can go out of the backfield, who I think is going to be used a lot more as a, as a wide receiver. Um, and still, you know, an opportunity to bring in a veteran before the season start. You know, you have the Odell Beckham Jr. rumors. You have T.Y. Hilton rumors. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Number four, um, I'm putting the Rams there. I still think they are built to win now. Um, it's just they'll have a bigger target on their back and probably get more scheme to certain people. It's one thing to to win one year. It's kind of like the flavor of the week. You know, it works for a while. And then what these NFL coaches do is just methodically game plan to take away something. Now, Will this happen to the Rams? We don't know. We have to see. I'm going to put it there because they have the biggest target on their back. They're the Super Bowl champions. It's almost like when the Wildcat offense was in in the league. First six weeks, nobody could nobody could stop it. For some yeah. reason, Ricky Williams could just run the mess out of the Wildcat. <laughs> but these NFL coaches, what they do is they break down film and game plan against simple things. And I think there might be some tendencies or some players that they could take away. But that's to be seen. I still think the Rams are a top five team in the league and, and could definitely go back to the Super Bowl. Uh, number three, I have the Chargers. I think they're on the up and up. Um, they've done a lot of a lot of things to put pieces around Justin Herbert. Their defense is pretty damn good. Um, now it's just going to be can Herbert – continue to carry that team and be that dude. Um, you you got you to make plays. you got to, you know, put the people in the right positions. The players and the pieces are on the chessboard. Can he maneuver them the right way? Um, if he does, you know, they shouldn't be in any, you know, playoff or last second place with the Raiders to figure out who's going to the playoffs. Um Number two, I have the Bengals. We all know they got better over the offseason. Uh, like, the ownership is investing in the team now. Thank God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it's the swag, the city. You bring everything back. Now, just like the Rams, the Bengals are going to have a huge target on their back. They will. Um, you're game planning a lot more for those teams now. You're, it's not it, – Perfect example. It is a Cruz Petragon versus Bobby, Bobby Bodie situation. You're not <laughs> going to go in there thinking, all right, well, I can, you know, I can take a little bit off and then that team who's the underdog clips you. You know, it's one of those things. So, but I still have them number two. Number one, I'm going to ride the hype until I see otherwise. I'm going to go with the Bills. Um, we're going to stick with. They're the most hyped team in the offseason. They are. Let's see if they can prove it. 
Uh, Josh Allen, big arm, makes stupid mistakes. Does he get better from the offseason, from this, from training? Let, let's find out. So until he proves me otherwise, I'm going to stick with the hype and see if he can mow through it. Now, are we making uh, our Cinderella picks yet? Or uh, Not yet. Okay. We'll go through Super Bowls and then Cinderella's. Okay, go ahead. So that's my top five. All right. Um, Super Bowl pick. I'm going with the Rams and the Bengals again. And here's why. Okay. I think the X factor for both teams, um, for for the Bengals, is their quarterback. I think that's he, – he just – he's got that it, the thing to carry you over the hump to get you to the game and to win the game. For the Rams, it's the guy, the mastermind behind it all, the scheme. And if, if anybody is going to out-scheme the Rams, it's Sean McVay himself. I don't think other people beat him. I think he beats himself. Um, so once he's once he's got a taste of what it's like to win and he's won that Super Bowl, I think it becomes easier to relax and not feel like you can overanalyze things. He's learned from his mistakes. He's he's become successful now. I think he carries that, and I think the team is set up to win because, but like in all honesty, the NFC's not really a strong conference this year. So. Even if they get beat during the regular season a few times, I trust them in the playoffs. I mean, who else do you trust top to bottom with their with with everything on paper? And if they just play to their normalcy, the Rams are going to win out. The Rams will win out. So, um, Rams, Bengals, and then we all know who I'm going to choose. But there's a reason why. It's because the the X factor is for the Rams is the defense that's anchored by three significant players. And we're watching a defense just get better and better and better. And this will be the year that we have a repeating champion since, what was it, 0304? Is that right? I think so. So was so that 18 years? Yeah. I think we're due for a repeat champ, so... I think I, that's why I have the Rams again. Okay. I, I I wanted to put my Chargers in this thing, but I just can't trust them. I'm not even going to uh, even do that. I went with Rams Bengals as well. Um, <laughs> I I I just see it happening again. The Rams are just. I, I mean, there's just no other team. You can't trust the Cardinals. You can't trust the 49ers. Um, I, I don't I don't like the Bucks chances at all. I mean. We all know we can't trust Green Bay because Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. Um, who else are you going to have from the NFC? I just, I just don't see it. Um, and, and I just, I don't know right now um, in a playoff situation where I stand early with the Chargers. Um, and I just, I, it's too much moxie over there, man. Um, I think they learned this time from their mistakes last year. Uh, they have some pieces that'll help them out a little bit with that defense. I thought they did a pretty good job of what they were 
trying to execute <laughs> against the Rams last year. And I think the Bengals actually get a, a championship. Um, I, I really do. With all the pieces that they have, I think this time uh, they have just enough for Burrow and they have enough defensively to, to take their lumps but still be able to, to finish on the back end uh, when it matters. All right. I mean, I'm until proven otherwise, I got to go with you guys. I mean, I got to go Rams, Bengals. Um, now, the AFC could be anybody. It could, it be, could any be anybody of the yeah, top five teams. Yep. It's, yep. But until I see otherwise, there's on paper, the Bengals look like the best team in the AFC yeah. until, you know, something happens. I think the top of the AFC is going to be a dogfight in the playoffs. And getting there, but the NFC, it's a walkthrough. It should be the Rams, barring, you know, some sort of catastrophe. Stafford's elbow injury acting up. and Or yeah. Aaron Donald, you know, gets yeah. into some terrible farming accident or something like that where, you know, he's got to play with one left arm and a right leg. And, and even then, it might still be. It might still be. But I think Rams, Rams Bengals again. Uh, you play that game. I think the Rams win eight out of ten times. Yeah, and I think I think I think we all can agree that that man the the team the two best teams that made it to the Super Bowl but last year got better mm-hmm. and improved where they were lacking. Um, but yeah, I. I mean, I I could see the Bengals being the and it's Rams. Hard, like it's the hard Rams. to deny that. I mean, they yeah. they got better at this position, so it's very hard to deny them not going back. Yeah, I, I think. You know, go ahead, go ahead. Your 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 pick of the Rams is not bad either, because I'm not I'm I'm not a Zach guy at all. Uh, I I don't like him as a coach at all. I, if you're gonna put those two together, I mean, it's I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, I've had an opportunity to cover Sean McVay in Washington. I thought he should have been the coach in Washington. This guy evolves and comes up. He's a he's a Shanahan without being a Shanahan. Like, you know, he and I think he's better. I really think he's better than Kyle in so many ways. Uh, just his his creativeness, uh, his understanding of the game, but his just creativeness and his ability to evolve. This guy changes like a chameleon during the season. What they do, you know what I mean? Um, I, I just I think that's the X factor of the whole entire thing is the fact that it's coaching. And, and I just think you cannot bet. It's hard to bet against. I'm picking the Bengals, but it's hard to overlook that. The other side has Sean McVay for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I With think, weapons. Like, <laughs> if we look at if we look at the game itself. You could say the Bengals. The reason why the Bengals didn't win was because of the O line. You could you could also easily have said the reason why the Rams could have lost that game was because they had no wide receivers left in, and tight yeah. ends. So you get a healthy offense, or you get a healthy you know wide receiving core and tight ends. Okay, the Rams might kick the crap out of them. Well, you it could also say from that early. side, you have a better offensive line for the Bengals. Well, yeah. they could beat them up now, and they could actually push the ball down the field. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I think it's a, I think it's a great matchup again. It is, you know, great matchup. So, all right, moving on to the Cinderella story. I think me and D Bland have the same team. 
and I have the Los Angeles Chargers. And the reason why is because that franchise has nothing other than the Browns, but we're not the Browns aren't good. That 2023. We'll talk about the 2023. The Chargers with Justin Herbert improving the defense, new coach and Brandon Staley came in over coming over from the Rams. A franchise that has no home and no fan base. The Cinderella story. They, that that would be that would be the Chargers for me. That's where I went. <laughs> That's where I went. I I mean, it's hard to deny that with all of that they've done, yeah. that Staley has done to bring in piece after piece after piece on that defense, where they severely lacked. Um, they've got some nice young talent that can be in the rotation. Uh, most importantly, though, is that they brought the pieces back that they needed offensively. Um, and then you add a nice, nice back to spell, uh, you know, Eckler. I, I just, if they can put it all together, yeah, they can be there. They definitely can be there. And if they can be there defensively, they can go toe for toe with the best with the Super Bowl champions, defending Super Bowl champions if they need to. Um, it's all gonna rest on the young man Justin Herbert just elevating his game, continuing to get better, uh, continuing to move forward. And uh, if he can do that, he's got the pieces. He just has to to, to play well, and I, I think that they have a very good possibility of being in that big game. Uh, if it all can come together. All right. Cinderella story. Please do not say the Colts. God bless America. Please do not say them. I was going to say them, too. They were another one that I was going to pick, so I wouldn't be surprised. The Raiders. Autumn Wind is a Raider. Right, so I'm going with the Las Vegas Raiders. I think they made enough acquisitions this offseason, bringing in Devontae Adams. Their defense gets better. You have Max Crosby, who's definitely a leader on the defense. Um, it, it, I, they have the pieces in place. You talk about a team that, uh, you know, the Chargers, a, a team that, you know, has nothing. Well, think about it. The Raiders have everything, and they move so much and still have one of the biggest fan bases in the NFL. You can go from Los Angeles to Oakland, back to Los Angeles, back to Oakland, to Las Vegas, and people are still driving five hours to go to a Raiders game. I think they have one of the best stadiums, the best fan bases, the parts and the pieces. If you have a team that can put it together, if Derek Carr can be the Derek Carr he should, now with the teammate. The Raiders could be a dangerous team, and they no longer have Chucky at the realm, so you have legit coaching staff. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. And yep. and they Facts. win this. They if they win, it's the it's it's the ghost of John Madden leading them to a Super Bowl. Wow. Mm, I like it. Wow. I like it. Yeah. I can sign up for that. 
That would, tell me how legit that would be if the Raiders won with – I'm sure they'll run, run John Madden decals on their helmets and anything – like a season dedicated to Madden for what he meant to the Raiders. And think about going to that Super Bowl. If that happens – you tell Cruz I want an invite to the party. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. Uh, I will drive from Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wraps up another great show of the Dream 3 podcast. Much thanks to our friend Dujane Bland for joining us, always talking football. Remember to follow him at NotBland21 on Twitter, on Instagram. Check out the NotBland show. Check out me and Neil on Instagram, Showtime Sports Cards, and Doughboy Sports Cards 1. Thank you for listening to the Dream 3 Podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe, a share. Tell your friends about us. And then also, finally, thank you to our friends, uh, or most importantly, our sponsors, MySlabs.com. You know, buy and sell all your slab stuff on there, your raw cards. Get off eBay. Use them. Slab savers, protectorslabs.com. Use code DREAM3. Get 10% off your products. Great products to use. Um, Graded card solutions. Use code DREAM15. You're going to get 15% off your order. And finally, Nation Golf. If you're a big golfer like Neil or myself or even Robbie's Cards or, heck, even Squints, go to nationgolf.com. Get yourself some nice stuff. Until next time, guys. Enjoy some football. We will continue to, uh, you know, put some nice podcasts together. Talking cards real soon. Basketball season's getting here close. Maybe the basketball card market's coming back. But until then, we'll have to find out. Until next time, until episode 43, we'll see you all later.